Lord, we love you and thank you, God, for the freedom that you've given us in this country. And Lord, I'm thankful for a people who understand the principles that that which makes us good Christians makes us good citizens. Those th principles in our life that uh, make us proud of the God that we have and that we have surrendered our lives to make us proud of the country that he's given us to be one nation under God and in God we trust. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that on this uh, weekend of celebrating our independence, Lord, I pray, God, that there just be a renewed freshness from your spirit that would minister to us today. And, Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. Amen. And you may be seated. I had uh, asked uh, if uh, Kenneth would sing that song today because the song itself reminds us of the country that we live in and the privilege that we have in our origin. Matter of fact, tomorrow will be the 240th year of us celebrating us as a nation. On July the 4th, 1776 is when our Continental Congress uh, actually uh, accepted and made permanent our uh, Declaration of Independence, and we became an independent nation. And so we are tomorrow celebrating 240 years of being an independent nation where we said, as our forefathers said, no to England and Great Britain. We will not be dependent upon you and your tyranny, but we will be dependent upon God. And so that began our nation as one nation under God and in God that we trust and our forefathers put their focus and their attention on God and His blessings and they said we will be independent from Great Britain, and we will be dependent upon God. And it's a kind of something that we need to be reminded of today as we look at the world and we look at God, look at uh, the things of how the world has evolved and where we should be in our Christian life and make the choice. Matter of fact, I'm giving an invitation today to be independent from the world and be dependent upon God. To be independent from the world and be dependent upon God. Now, when I say to be independent from the world, that can almost, in some people's minds, seem like, okay, we're independent from the world, so we don't stand for anything that relates to things in the world. But that's the reason I wanted him to see that, sing that Lee Greenwood song, and that is, everything that makes us good Christians should make us good citizens. And so we should be proud of our country, and we should thank the God above for giving us the country to live and have the freedoms that we have. And we need to continue to stand upon what is right and what our country was established as, no matter what direction the people who make up the worldly view. And the worldly view is everything that is opposite of God. And so this morning, let's look at the invitation to be independent from the world and to be dependent upon God. And we're going to look at Titus chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 15. And there's a key word. I'm going to read this out of the NIV, and as I read it, there'll be this one word that'll be in quotation marks that says no. If you have an NIV translation or if you're looking at the app, hopefully it should say no there. And uh, that statement is no to ungodliness and worldly passions. To be independent from the world from the worldly view, which is the opposite of God, to be independent from the world and to be dependent upon God, we have to adapt a saying to just say no. Matter of fact, any of you that is old as me or maybe older will remember uh, back when uh, Ronald Reagan was running for president and Nancy Reagan took a stand to fight against drugs and she came up with that slogan that she kind of characterized, just say no. 
And that was to say no to drugs. Drugs were becoming rampant. It was something that from a worldly view was being accepted, especially among teenagers. And so drug use was increasing. And she came up with that slogan, let's just say no. Let's try to get young people to learn that when they're being given an invitation to take drugs, just say no. In Christianity, we need to be reminded of that same saying also, just say no. Let's look at what the Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. The scripture I want to pause there is telling us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, but to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. It's telling us that we can say no to worldly passions and we can live a godly life in the world that we're living in now. We can be part of the world, but we can be living in the world, but not of the world in our actions and in our deeds. Now verse 13 says... While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And then Titus closes this out by saying, These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority and do not let anyone despise you. As we... As uh, Kenneth ended that song uh, of Lee Greenwood, uh, God Bless the USA, and people began to stand. That song says, I will stand next to you. And everyone was beginning to stand up to say, I will stand for God. I will stand for America. That's kind of where Titus is ending. Don't let anyone despise you. Be willing to take your stand as a Christian, as a citizen that uh, we are one nation under God and in God we trust and that's where we stand and we're going to be thankful for that. But for us to be independent from the worldly view, which is opposite of God, matter of fact, there's a scripture I want to read you in John or James chapter 4 and in uh, verse 4 it says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So the Bible is letting us know that you, we can live in the world but not be of the world. And if you choose to be a friend with worldly views and worldly concepts, which is, as we see in the Bible, is the opposite of godly views and godly concepts. If you're going to go with the direction of hanging on to those, then you're going to be an enemy with God. But if you go with the godly views, listen very carefully, you will be an enemy to the world. There's no other option. And so how do we become independent from the world? We're, we just stood up and said, we are proud to be Americans, right? We're proud of the United States. Now, I hear people all the time slam America, and there's things that have totally got messed up in our, uh, in our United States of America. But I'm still, as pastor of this church, I'm still proud to be American, and I'm still proud that I live in the United States of America. I'm proud of that. Everything is not the way I want it, but I'm still proud of it. I will not slam the United States of America. And the Bible is telling us, yes, you can be a good citizen and you can be a child of God and you can stand up for what is right, 
but still be independent from the worldly passions and views. So what do we have to say no to? I think the first thing for us to be independent from the world is we have to say, as Titus did, say no to worldly passions. The word passion there was the word epithemius, and it means lust, cravings, to have a strong, passionate desire for something. So here the Bible is telling us in Titus, say no to the worldly lust, the worldly passions, the worldly strong cravings and desires. Would you say amen that the things that are passionate to people who are not Christians, the worldly desires are the totally opposite of what should be our passion as Christians? Would you say amen to that? Thank you, cowboy. Would anybody else like to say amen to that? Please join me by saying amen. They are opposition to each other. They cannot coincide together. And every person is choosing to go one direction or another. And sitting in the United States, people who may not be on vacation today or are sitting in churches, are people mingled together that have sung songs, they've listened to a preacher or are listening to a preacher, and still they have more worldly passion in their life than they do have godly desires in their life. And we have to choose because the Bible is very clear there's only one way or the other. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3 it says this, All of us also will live among them at one, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. So the Bible tells us that we're living among a world that has, grat has gratified the cravings of the sinful nature. That means what seems to feel good and, and make me feel good, that's what I have a passion for. That is worldly passions. Matter of fact, in our uh, Life in the Word this morning, we were talking about various things and the passions of the world. As I was, we, they were talking about the, in the college setting and the things that can create a hypocritical view, even among Christians. It's the view that especially when a person has come out of high school and they go to college and they're in a setting where people have got free from their parents and they're just kind of choosing to do whatever they want to. And so there becomes this image that what is fun and what is exciting and what is cool and what is great is to just do whatever you want to. Take drugs, have sex, drink. All those things are great. That's the image that Satan wants us to have. That's the worldly passions. That's the worldly desires. No limitations. Do whatever you want to. Of course, Satan doesn't show us the people who are throwing up, the people who have died from overdoses. He's not throwing, showing us those who have become pregnant outside of marriage and now have come to a dramatic part in their life of, what am I going to do now? Those images we don't see, it's just, hey, it's, it's fun, it's great, it feels good. Join in on us. And many people coming into college get sucked into that. Matter of fact, we had, uh, during one of the youth revivals, we uh, had a testimony of someone who got sucked into that and that which had been their background had totally begun to change. That's the worldly passions. They suck us into us. But if we're going to be independent from the world, we have to just say no to worldly passions, those things that are the sinful nature. Remembering this, that as a Christian, you cannot go after sinful passions and still be a faithful follower of Christ. Does everybody understand that? 
There's no way. Because the Bible just clearly tells us from James chapter 4, you're either a friend of the world and you're an enemy of God, or you're a friend of God and an enemy of the world. You can't mesh those two things together. So say, if you want to be independent from the world, you have to say no to worldly passions. But you also have to say no to worldly possessions. Because the things of the world, and let me explain this. There is nothing wrong with having nice cars, nice homes, nice clothes, nice things. But remember, we're talking about a passion, a craving, a lust that draws us beyond what God would have us to do. A very easy way for you to tell, if you're listening, say amen. amen. A very easy way for you to tell whether the desire for worldly passions has got out of control is this. Look at what you're doing with your finances, where you're spending it, the possessions you're going after, and see if you've neglected anything that relates to tithing or giving to the needs of those who are struggling. Because if you're neglecting those things, you have just said, worldly possessions are more important to me than God. We have to say no to worldly possessions. Now, I just said there's nothing wrong with nice cars, nice homes, nice clothes, nice trips. I like all those things. As long as I'm keeping my priorities with God first. Amen? So for me to be independent from the world, I have to say no to worldly possessions that begin to take away from the things of God and to reaching the people for Christ and ministering to people's life and being obedient to God and going after those things. I have to say no. Here's what it says in 1 John 2 and verse 16. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. That's pretty point blank, wasn't it? Let me read that one more time. It was pretty good. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. Therefore, for me to be independent from the world, to say that the world has no hold on me, that I am free, and the Bible tells us that when you have the Son, Jesus Christ, the Son will set you free indeed. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so I have to say no to worldly possessions, those things that take away from God and consume us. The last no that I think that we have to say to be independent from the world is to say no to worldly pressures. The pressures of the world. In Romans chapter 12, it tells us this in verse 2, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the only way that we can renew our mind is continually be in God's Word. You can come every Sunday morning and hear me preach and go six days and never look at God's Word and it will not transform your mind. You know why I say that? You can say, well, you must be saying you're a lousy preacher. Hmm, I might can say that, but I'm not going to. I'm saying to that to say that if all you're doing is listen to me preach, but you're not in the Word yourself, looking at it with your eyeballs, letting it go into your mind, it's not going to transform you. If I am doing a good job preaching and you're looking at God's Word, there's going to be a desire to be in God's Word day by day by day. You've got to have more. It's kind of like me and desserts. You give me a bite of something sweet, i got to have more. For those of you who like salts, 
You eat one Lay's potato chip, you got to have another one. You can't just eat one. The same way it is. When you're in God's Word and God's Word is good to you, you can't go a day without getting into God's Word. And so the Bible tells us that we're not to be conformed or allow the pressures of the world to shape our life, to shape our way of thinking, to shape our actions, to shape our friendships. But we got to allow the Word of God to do that. So be independent from the world. Say no to worldly passions, worldly possessions, and worldly pressures. But then to be dependent upon God. If you're in your app, it says, dependent on God, you have to say yes. To be independent, you got to say no, but to be dependent, you have to say yes. And that yes is to God. You know, by our human nature, we need love, don't we? Matter of fact, one of my grandchildren is very independent. Matter of fact, you can start to help change this grandchild's clothes and they'll say, I can do it myself. No, no, I can do it myself. She knows how to say no, it's very independent. No, I can do it myself. You buckle them up in the car. No, I can do it myself. I want to do it myself. No. But that same child that will say, no, 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 I can do it myself, who is very independent, will say, hold me. All the time say, hold me. You, you don't, I'll, sometimes I'll say, hold you. You just said no. You want to do everything yourself. Hold me. I want you to hold me. There's that dependency of love. And for us to truly be dependent upon God, we got to understand, we got to say yes to God. Say yes to God's plan. God has a purpose and plan for each one of our lives. The scripture tells us that God says, I know the plans I have for you in Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans to not harm you, but to give you hope in the future. God has a plan for every person. Now, I want to pause right now this morning and ask everybody to take just 30 seconds and ask yourself, do I know what God's plan is for my life? And I am, am I in the process of fulfilling that? Just take 30 seconds. Do I know what God's plan is for my life? And I, am I in the process of fulfilling that? Remember I said say yes. You're not dependent upon God and you're not independent from the world if you can't say yes to God's plan and His purpose for your life. And let me tell you, God has a great plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11, He said it's not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. And God's future is always a bright future. I've read Revelation, and it's going to be pretty awesome in the end. So to be dependent upon God, you've got to say yes to God's plan, as Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us. But you've got to also be willing to say yes to God's provisions. Just as I said that we say no to worldly possessions, God tells us that He'll provide for us. The Bible tells us, Philippians 4, 19, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Now, why is that important to say yes to God's provisions? That's to say, no, I am not dependent upon the world to provide for me. God's going to do that. And somehow that within Christianity, that hadn't quite sunk into a lot of people's minds. Because I've even had people come and say, would you please pray that I can get this job? Because I, I really I need, a, I need a, a, some more money coming in to pay my bills and stuff. I need some more money. But what is the job? And they tell me, so, well, I'm going to be working every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I'll get this raise. And, I, and I've told people, I'm sorry, I'm not going to pray for you. And they say, why? 
You want me to pray for you so that you can miss church all the time and the devil can suck you into his way of thinking so that you can have some more. God's got, isn't God bigger than that? Can't God provide for you? Now I know that there are some jobs that have to be covered on weekends. Those things that are in the medical field, you can't hardly say, hope you don't die on Sunday, I'm going to church. You can't do that. We know that. There are those things that are absolutely essential. There's different ways that it can be handled where people don't have to be there all the time, but those things are essential. Medical field, emergency things, those things. But just to have an income, just to, God is big enough to provide for you. And I understand the principle of Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. So if someone comes along to your life and says, hey, you can make a lot more money, but all you got to do is miss out on the things God has for you, Say no and say yes. God will provide for me. But the last thing you guys say yes to is say yes to God's passion. The Bible tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that you might have and I might have eternal life. That's how you become dependent upon God and say yes to God. I'm so thankful of those multiples of kids this week who said yes to God and receive the passion that God has for us. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to give you an invitation to be independent from the world, just say no, and to be dependent upon God, and just say yes to God. If you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, or you're unsure of your salvation, I want to give you an opportunity I gave the kids this week, and that is to say a prayer in your heart, silently like this. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, I know I've messed up, but today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now while heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, some of you may have prayed that prayer to receive Christ. But some of you today may be Christians, but you know that you're not living independent from the world and dependent upon God. And today you want to make a choice to make some changes in your life to say no to the world, and to say yes to God. And if that's your desire, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Dear Lord, I know that I'm saved, but I've allowed some worldly things affect my life. I've started putting more money in worldly things. I've started spending more time on worldly activities. I've begun to associate with more worldly people. And I know I've messed up, Lord. Today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I make a choice to make a change. To say no to the world. And to say yes to you. Lord, I'm choosing for your forgiveness. And choosing to serve you. Now while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you may have prayed the prayer to receive Christ. Or you may have prayed that prayer with me to make a change from the world and to be more dependent upon God. It makes no difference which one it was. I want to pray for you. If you prayed with me in one of those prayers, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? Yes. Yes, or the others. Yes. To God be the glory. Lord, I thank you, God, for those who raised their hand. And Lord, some may have prayed a prayer for salvation. Some may have prayed to make some changes in their life because they saw that 
things of the world were starting to get a little bit of hold in their life. Not spending quite as much time with the things of God. Not investing in the things of God. And now they realize they need to make a change. And so God, for those who raise their hands, some may need to come and pray. Some may need to come take my hand and say, Pastor, I pray that prayer of salvation. Or, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to make some change in my life. But Lord, whatever it may be that they have prayed those prayers for this morning, God, I pray that you be real in their life and that you would transform them. And Lord, I'll give you the praise and honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.